and welcome to a very special episode of Beyond the Breakers. This is a podcast about shipwrecks, loss, and lessons learned from maritime disasters, but uh, this week it'll be a little different. Uh, first, like we always do, just want to shout out our social medias. On Twitter, we are at beyond underscore breakers. Instagram, beyond the breakers podcast. Email, beyond the breakers pod at gmail.com. And we do have a Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash beyond the breakers. A uh, quick note that the pod will always be free. It'll always be ad free. And we just use the Patreon money to, you know, keep putting it into the pod and making it better. Uh, with that stuff out of the way, we'll probably go ahead and get into it. But first, I want to introduce Tanner. Tanner, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Doing well. Happy excited to be here. For a, excited for a different kind of episode today? I am. I'm very excited. Yeah, so kind of the reason we want to do this, um, we hit 1,000 downloads, which I realize in the grand scheme of podcast world isn't very much, but for us, it's far more than we ever expected. Um kind of wanted to celebrate that a little bit by sharing a little bit more about ourselves, talking more about the pod, and interacting with uh, you guys out there who are listening. Uh, so we want to do a Q&A episode. Uh, we had a pretty good response. I was happy with it. It's maybe something we'll look at uh, doing again at some point in the future. Um, I figure it's always good to try to interact with everybody. But um, yeah, I don't know. It was kind of fun seeing what you guys wanted to hear about. What uh, What do you got? Do you have any thoughts, Tanner? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely cool to be uh, at this place with the podcast because i didn't expect it to do this well honestly uh that it's it's gotten this many listeners i mean and and kind of like you said in the grand scheme of podcasting uh the podcasting universe a thousand downloads i mean i think hell joe joe rogan probably gets a thousand downloads in five minutes right Um, but but for (laughs) us this this is really cool um especially the sort of niche topic that we talk about and uh, it's it's really cool. I think last week, I think this is the best place to put this in the episode. But last week, I I really wanted to shout out the uh, the person who posted about us on Reddit. Uh, oh yeah, the, yeah. In the shipwreck subreddit, um, and I and I forgot to do. I had it in the notes, and I just skipped over it. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're listening to this, thank you very much for posting about it. That got us a huge uh, boost in downloads. Yeah, it was funny. I was wondering why we saw that upswing in the, we got like 60, 70 downloads in a day a couple times. And then I saw that review that said that they had found it from Reddit and was able to find the post. And yeah, that was really cool to see, uh, you know, someone taking the time to shout us out like that. Yeah, you you texted me, what what is happening? Like, why why do we have 200 (laughs) downloads in a day? (laughs) <laughs> it was yeah it was pretty cool to see that so if you're new from that welcome we uh, definitely uh enjoy doing this and want to continue to make it better we're definitely learning as we go yeah. um don't be shy to let us know uh you know what you want to hear about either we we like getting that kind of stuff but mm-hmm. uh you know with that stuff out of the way we can kind of transition into the giving some a's to some q's here um and, uh, yeah, all of these came from people that submitted via Instagram or email. We had a couple questions. I had a question that had multiple people, but we'll try to shout them out the best we can as we go. Uh, well, let's uh, let's start, and I'll go ahead and ask you first. I'll, I'll read the questions, and I'll say, uh, what are your favorite movies, shows, video games? This comes from The Fox Downstairs via Instagram. Uh, Tanner, I don't know if you want to start that one. Uh, sure. Um See my favorite, my favorite movie is The Wind That Shakes the Barley. Okay. So for those unfamiliar, it features Killian Murphy 
which is really all you need to know to watch the movie. <laughs> I mean, that's that 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 should uh, seal the deal right there. Uh, it's about the Irish rebellion in the 1920s uh, and the Irish Civil War. Uh, it details two two brothers, uh, and uh, I don't want to give too much away, but it's a very good kind of visceral look at the difficulties that Ireland faced at the time, and, and those kind of same difficulties are still present today with the division of Ireland as it is. Uh, but it's it's a great movie. It's a uh, there's a lot of action, there's a lot of drama. It's quite sad overall, but it's mm-hmm. uh it's it's one of my favorite movies. Um, I guess aside it's a good from that, one. I've seen that. It's a good movie. I, I think that between between the wind that shakes the barley and the movie Michael Collins featuring mm-hmm. Liam Neeson, I think between those two, it kind of gives you a general idea of the Irish conflict as it sort of is in modern day. Right. Um, if you watch both of those movies, I think you have a good idea of, of what the big issues are. Um, when the shakes the barley is a more like kind of low down personal family view. Whereas Michael Collins presents some of the same events from a sort of like bird's eye view. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would, I would recommend both of those movies. Uh, I also really love a movie called the vicious kind. Okay. Uh, it features Adam Scott in a non-comedic <laughs> role. That would be weird um, to think about. <laughs> and he does it very, very well. Uh, Brittany Snow is also in it. Nice. Um, J.K. Simmons is in it. Uh, it's, a, it's a really great movie. Check it out. Um, and on a very, very different note, I guess Predator <laughs> would okay. be my, my third favorite. I don't think I've ever seen the Predator movie. Just, to, just, in terms of, just in terms of action... Uh, and who's in it? I mean, that's a great movie. You've got Schwarzenegger, you've got um, Carl Weathers, you've got Jesse Ventura. Okay. Uh, you've got <laughs> you've got the Predator. Um, the, the Predator. Just just one in that movie. Once you get to Predator Two, there's there's of course more Predators. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's uh, that's probably my favorite. Just like sort of zone out action movie. Right, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a huge movie guy. I I don't like tend to rewatch a lot of movies or anything. Um, I don't like. I kind of enjoy them while I'm watching them. Like, I don't know. Um, trying to think of an example, I honestly don't know. Uh, what was the World War One movie that recently came out, like two years ago? 1917. Yeah, that was good. Like, I enjoyed that movie. I thought that was well done. But it's not like something I've been like dying to rewatch. I don't. I don't. I guess I don't really have a lot of favorite movies. There's movies mm-hmm. I like, but I don't know. I'm more of a show person. Like I, there's a lot of okay. shows I do. Um, I know it's the next question, like next part of the question. So for me, like um, the Office, of course, because who doesn't love the Office? Uh, I really love the Office. It's uh, I can pretty much always just have that on if I'm doing work around the house or whatever. I think I've I've seen every episode multiple times, so I can kind of just zone in and out of it. Um, I've gotten into Bob's Burgers recently. I, it's something I normally not into like the animation kind of stuff, but it's actually pretty good. Um, Archer, I do like, I've, I have liked that for quite a while. Um, and then Parks and Rec cause it's what basically the office, but different. So right. I don't know. I guess I don't have the most diverse interest in shows, but I kind of like what I like. Um, I don't know. I think they're fun. Yeah. I'm also a big fan of the office. Of course. Um, King of the Hill probably one of my one of my top shows there um i really like the show the last kingdom 
Uh, What's that one? I don't know that. What's that? That one covers, so it's like a historical drama. It's based on a series of books by Bernard Cornwell, um, who I I really like as an author, um, as I, like, he writes a lot of historical fiction. Um, And that's what the show is. It's it's a historical drama. Uh, It's about the, kind of the time when, it it centers around Alfred the Great. Uh, So the time when you have Saxon England coming up against the Vikings, basically. Gotcha. Um, so it's a, it's a very interesting transitional time in history. Um, and I think the show is really well done. Uh, Alexander Draymond, the main character, is just a phenomenal actor. He plays the role really well. Um, but yeah, that's that's one of my favorite shows in terms of drama. Gotcha. Uh, I also like a lot of ghost shows. I'm fascinated yeah, like by ghost, ghost stories. <laughs> um, so so any, any new ghost story is cool. Uh, I like the I... dramatized ones, like... Um, What's it called? A haunting. Ha- a haunting. Um, or haunt haunted. Whatever it's haunted. called. Yeah. Um, that's that's a really great one. Um, yeah, I, I really like those types of shows. I just uh, from a kind of folklore perspective, I just mm-hmm. I love I love ghost stories. Even even the ones, you know, things like uh things like the Bell Witch that are like like many ghost stories pretty much debunked. Um I'm just fascinated by them um, as a yeah, as a as a bit of so like interesting as a bit of like cultural currency. What what do we tell ghost stories about, um, and and how does that reflect on culture? Right, and I will say uh, as far as shows go, my number one guilty pleasure show is Ghost Adventures. I realize that Zach Baggins <laughs> is a total bro, but like <laughs> I will watch it if it's on. <laughs> Um, all right, um, video games. Let's talk about video games. Uh, for me, uh, probably my favorite overall series is Fallout. I absolutely love it because you can explore. It's that got the whole like 1950s post World War II vibes kind of going on in it, but it's also a nuclear wasteland. It's just such a fun concept for a game, and I don't know. I just I love the aesthetic of it. Um, and lately, I played a lot of Borderlands just to kind of zone out and do something with a little less thinking. And on the opposite side of that, uh, the Civilization series. I think we both have loved Civilization for a long time. And a fun note is, like, this podcast kind of owes its birth to that game. It was kind of dreamed that's, up when me and you were sitting around playing Civilization at night, chatting and everything. That's true. And like, hey, yeah. we should – we have all these fun talks. Like, we should record some of this stuff. And we kind of settled on Shipwrecks for being that topic. And, yeah, I don't know. It's just fun. It's a, it's a fun game that you can kind of – Hang out, talk, you can pause, and, uh, you know, you're not really under a lot of time constraints as you're building your empire. I like any game where I can control every aspect of my my civilization. Um, Yeah, I mean, I like a lot of the same games. Um, You know, Civilization, obviously. Fallout. Um, Elder Scrolls, I really like those, which are basically just Fallout, but fantasy version. I was going to say that they're essentially the same game. They're the same game. Um... Shadow of Mordor, great game. I still go back to that. Ghost of Tsushima, I really love. Um, in terms of PC, I really like uh, Warhammer Total War. That's the only okay. of the of the of the Total War games. That's the only one I've ever played. Um, so yeah, I'm sure I've never that, played those. I'm sure the others are probably similar in terms of gameplay, but um, yeah, I really like the uh, Warhammer version of it. Nice. Uh, and we tacked on one other part to this question. Uh, we figured it'd be worth sharing and. And all that. Uh, let's talk about sports. Um, what are your What are your teens? Let the people know. 
Um, so I identify as a Wisconsinite. We've lived a lot of places, but that's kind of the place that sticks for me. So I'm a big Green Bay Packers fan. Uh, when I was younger, I liked the Bengals, but then I realized that like sports are completely arbitrary and you can just you can stop. Just <laughs> you can just stop liking a team. Like no one is holding a gun to your head and making you like the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, that's that's a message to anyone listening. Also, if you are also afflicted by being a Bengals fan, like <laughs> you can there's, stop. There's a way out. Um, yeah. So I, I like the Packers, uh, the Brewers. I'm still kind of a, a White Sox fan. They're kind of my secondary team. Right. I was a big White Sox fan when I was a kid. Um, I guess if I had to pick like an MLS team, FC Cincinnati, but they're a pretty painful watch most of the time. They are painful. Um, I do like Italian soccer. Um, I watch Atalanta is my my team. Uh, but pretty much all European soccer, I feel like, feels a bit artificial. Yeah, like you can kind of just watch a game and enjoy the game rather than like I'm a big, you know, Sheffield fan or whatever. Yeah, like, and, you know. and maybe it's different for people where like soccer is the primary sport they watch. But for right. me, like any sort of like team that I like, whether it's the Premier League or La Liga or Serie A or Bundesliga, whatever it is, it's it's always very... Um, no matter how engaged I am with the team, it seems always artificial. Like I'm, I just kind of randomly picked a team and that's my team. And I don't really have the same investment that I don't know, like a, a quote unquote real fan would have. Yeah. I definitely get that with European soccer, how it, uh, I can appreciate a big game, but I don't always really care who wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's nice having a team there, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I obviously follow the Badgers. Um, go, ba- go Badgers. <laughs> otherwise, in sports, I, I still like watching the Cincinnati Bearcats, uh, yeah. especially in football. I I can never quite kick the Ohio State habit because I was like a huge Ohio State fan when I was a kid. Living in Ohio helped me kick that really quick. It's it's annoying. I objectively, like on a, if I like took myself out of the situation, I would say like, oh, I'm I don't go for Ohio State anymore. But it's like as soon as I turn on the TV, yeah. And I see those helmets and those Buckeye stickers. It's like, ah, I can't, I can't fight it. So, I mean, it helps when they're playing someone like Alabama, who's also very unlikable. Well, yeah, and it, and it helps that they're like actually pretty consistently good. Whereas yeah. like the Badgers are really frustrating to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. Alex Tony Brook wasn't getting it done. Because they, they play a boring game even when they're good. Yeah. And so when, when they're not winning games, it's, they're, they're a tough watch. Yep, it, uh, it, it can be. Uh, speaking of tough watches, I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and the end of last season was exceptionally tough. That was painful. Uh, definitely in that transitional phase of watching an old quarterback get old, and it, it's unfortunate. Just but, waiting uh, for Mason Rudolph to hit his stride, right? Yeah, or get hit by Miles Garrett again. <laughs> um so yeah, I'm a Steelers fan. Uh, kind of grew up a Steelers fan. Living, in, we lived in Pittsburgh for a while, so that helped. And my dad was a Steelers fan, so I kind of just inherited that. Uh, I'm a Reds fan. Unfortunately, it's painful. Like when you were saying, you can just stop being a fan. I wish I could just stop being a Reds fan, but like I can't quit them. So here we are. Um, FC Cincinnati, like you said, it's painful. They. Like, living in the Cincinnati area, it's amazing watching a team squander, like, all their public goodwill in the matter of two seasons. They <laughs> went from being, like, the hottest ticket in town to, like, no one cares. 
And that's really unfortunate because it would be so great to have like a vibrant MLS community in Cincinnati. It's fun. Mm-hmm. I really like, I would like to get down to a game. They have a nice new stadium and it looks like a lot of fun. Everyone's, you know, standing and, you know, doing all the soccer stuff for the whole game. Uh, I'm a big Badgers fan from living in Wisconsin. I did not go to UW, but I went to a UW adjacent school. Yeah, you went to you went to AUW. You went to a UW that doesn't have a football team, so like you yeah. get grandfathered in, I think. Right. Uh, I went to UW Milwaukee to be clear, and we actually got the number four player in the country to commit to our basketball team because his dad's the coach. But that's besides the point. Whatever works. <laughs> Whatever works. Um, also, a Milwaukee Bucks fan, and then I am an East Carolina Pirates football, baseball, basketball fan because our dad played football there. And I was also born in Greenville, North Carolina, so kind of feels like a little connection to that program and everything. They've been very frustrating as well. But they're actually in the uh, college baseball uh, world or playoffs right now to get to the college baseball World Series. So that's actually kind of fun to watch them. They've had some success this year. I guess I should throw that in that like I was born in the Cincinnati area, so that's why I'm a Cincinnati Bearcats slash Ohio right. State fan. I don't think I mentioned that, so that might not make sense otherwise. I happen to still live in the Cincinnati area after living multiple other places, and I despise Ohio State. So, you know, it's uh, it's a good balance. Actually, it's funny. I just went to Urban Meyer's pub in Columbus last night. So, you know, I was in the belly of the beast for Ohio State stuff. Hmm. It was awful. Interesting. The food was fine, but it was just, you know. It was like a shrine to Urban Meyer everywhere you looked. But uh, did have Jim Nance walk past our table when we were on the patio, so that was fun. That's cool. Yeah, that was kind of, was kinda, he was in town, I guess, to call a golf uh, tournament that's going on. And, yeah, I don't know, it was just kind of what I looked up, and there was Jim Nance. It was, was kind of fun. All right, question number two. We're going to bring this back to the topic at hand, or, uh, at hand for the podcast more. What is your favorite shipwreck? We actually had multiple people ask us this. Um, do you have a favorite shipwreck? Do you even like using the term favorite with that kind of thing? I mean, it's, it's, you could say that it's like a weird term to use, but at the same time, it's like, I feel like How in, going to describe it? in context, it makes sense. It's the same as right. like people who are interested in like military history. It's like, of course, you know, using the term like favorite war is weird, but like people know what you mean. Like, um, so in, in that context, I would say like, yeah, like I, my, but my favorite shipwreck is, is one that is quite old. And there's there's not necessarily a lot of details about the wreck itself, uh, but I'm very interested in English history. Uh, anyone who listened to the Mary Rose episode, I think I talked about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. <laughs> this is actually even older. Uh, something called the the White Ship Disaster that happened in the year 1120. Um, so this was uh, hugely impactful in the history of England. Um, in the history of specifically like this time period, the, the Plantagenets, um, this was really, really, um, or kind of leading into Plantagenet England, uh, really influential in that the kind of sole heir to the English throne dies in the shipwreck leading to a period of time known pretty aptly as the anarchy, mm-hmm. um, where you had Stephen and Matilda, fighting over who, who would be um, ruler of England. Uh, at, at the end of all of it, it, it that's, that's what leads us to Henry II, who is probably my favorite king of England in terms of interest. Um, so it's, it's a long story. There's too many details to mention here. Um, it's, uh, it's probably my favorite shipwreck in terms of its impact on history. 
It's really well dramatized in Sharon K. Penman's novel When Christ and His Saints Slept. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just a, just a good uh, historical shipwreck for me. Well, I think just talking about our favorites, it's going to kind of help people see where, what direction we both come from in all of this and um, kind of where our interests lie. Uh, like for my favorite, if we're going to use that term, I mean, it's probably Edmund Fitzgerald because that's what drew me into all this stuff. I mean, you hear the, the Gordon Lightfoot song and everything. And Boo. Like it's, Boo. For pop cultural purposes, it's the <laughs> Titanic of the Great Lakes in the sense that like it, it is in the pop culture somewhat. Right. Um, you know, I don't, I don't love like throwing like a favorite label around like that necessarily. And like, I think like the, the Edmund Fitzgerald Porter by Great Lakes Brewing is kind of weird. Like it's just a weird way to market a beer. Like, hey, these men died in a shipwreck, but buy our beer. I don't know. I don't like. I get it, and I like it. It's a good beer, but it's just—it's always a little weird to me. I'll think of that next time. Next time, I'm cracking open a bottle of Verdun Champagne. Right? Yeah, it would be like the same thing. Like I don't know. It's just—it's <laughs> just a little weird. I'm not. But um, let's see. I've always found like the SS Milwaukee really captivating because of living in Milwaukee for a good chunk of my life and all that. Um, I don't know. I would say. Obviously, Great Lake Shipwrecks is really where like the heart of my interests lie, and I think a lot of our episode choices have reflected that. Mm-hmm. Definitely want to continue to look all around and do different places, but uh, Great Lake Shipwrecks are really interesting. I don't know. It's just, yeah. uh, you know. I guess that's a good transition to question three from Catherine. Um, what episode did you find most interesting to present, and which episode are you most proud of? Oh, okay. Um, let's see, it's kind of too... Two different questions here. Yeah, I'm kind of um, thinking too. I'm going to answer the second part first. I think the one okay. I'm most proud of is easier to answer. That okay. would be the episode we did on the Angamos. Uh, yeah. No, I think for your purposes, yes, 100%. In Chile. That, that is what I'm most proud of because that was that took the most work. Um, having to dredge up my, my Spanish reading skills and apply them there. That that's probably the one I'm the most proud of because I think we did a good job of presenting it in a succinct way that captured the ideas of the source material. Mm-hmm. So I I'm agree. Pretty happy with that episode. Uh, I in agree. Terms, in terms of most interesting to present, I would probably go with the Sultana. Like I think okay. that was our was that like our third or fourth yeah, episode? That was episode three. That one I thought was really really interesting uh reading the research that you did about that and then doing some of my own just because of the context the end of the civil war mm-hmm. the the nature of who was aboard the vessel and then that kind of led me into some wider reading about steamboats in general <laughs> that would i think that would that was the most interesting one for me i think as far as interesting goes uh for me it's probably the empress of ireland because I didn't know a lot about it. And I was just like amazed, like the death toll is that high. And it's not a more commonly known event outside of like the region that it happens in, in Canada and like the UK, obviously, where it has more of an impact. It's just not something that's really known that well in America. And researching that, I thought that was super interesting, um, learning more about that and just how quickly all that happened. Right. As far as being proud, it's got to be episode one. It's got to be the Alfaro, which literally came out of nowhere. Like we, we, you know, we kind of just settled on that one and we just started reading the reports and everything and didn't know what this was going to be. But like, I was super proud of how much work we put into that. 
and made that like a good, we made that a great episode. It's actually our longest episode. Um, yeah, I don't know. I felt like we put a lot of work into that one. I'm really proud of that one. And it, it definitely has encouraged me to keep this going. I, I love the Alfaro episode. That's really cool. I just finished the book Into the Raging Sea by Rachel Slade. Mm-hmm. That covers that. Actually, thanks to a listener recommendation uh, about that. Um, so I, I recently finished that. I didn't read it as fast as I would normally read a book with all the move stuff going on. But uh, that was that was phenomenal. I would really like to revisit Alfaro, actually. I think yeah. na- now that we've got a few more shows under our belt and we I think we have a better idea of, of how we want to present the show that's definitely one that we could revisit for sure looking at you know different different material because there's so much available for that one that you know we just weren't able to cover in the first episode that's mm-hmm. definitely one that I'd like to revisit yeah I think that'd be a great idea to go back and, and look at that again and we kind of grown as a podcast and see what see what's going on um all right, question four comes from Brian via email. Uh, sea shanties are all over TikTok. Do you have a favorite? What's your favorite sea shanty? You gotta have one, right? Way, hey, bully in the alley. Yes, bully, bu- <laughs> bu- bully in the alley is my favorite. Uh, I guess that. I guess yeah, that would be a sea shanty, right? I think. Yeah, I feel um, like it. At least nowadays, is considered one. I don't know if technically, but we'll take it. It's, I accept it's, it. It's the kind of song I would sing if I was rowing a boat, so I'll say that's a sea shanty. Um, I like the song Weatherman, of course. That's one of the most popular TikTok sea shanties. Mm-hmm. Um, Holloway Joe is also a good song. You know, sea shanties are fun. They're, like, they're, they're good working music. You know, you're out there doing something you don't want to do. and Yeah, I like... Uh, that's why they exist, right? <laughs> uh, Bully in the Alley appeals to me because it, it, it is a... Uh, sea shanty style song but it is about in fact being on land which is one thing I like and uh, drinking a lot which is something <laughs> that I kind of enjoy sometimes so yeah the, the, the I think the, the Venn diagram of those two things makes that song pretty appealing yeah yeah there's definitely there's definitely an appeal to those songs there's a reason that they were created you know and the reason they still persist because I know that if I was in a situation where I worked on a ship, I would I would want to be on land as much as possible. With some rum. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, this one comes from James via email. What inspired you to create this podcast? And I'll, I'll start this one. Um, for me, I've been listening to podcasts like Black Box Down, which is an airline disaster or an airplane disaster podcast. And I've been trying to find something about shipwrecks. And I noticed that that didn't really exist. And I don't know. It was kind of frustrating. And I got to thinking, mm-hmm. like, could we do this? Like, could we create a podcast? Like, we, we both have a decent amount of free time on our hands, you know, if we want to create time for this. And kind of researched it, how to do it. And I was like, you know, I think we can do this. Like, we both have enough personality to try to do a show and the resources to do that. And, yeah, here we are. Here we are, what, like four months later now? Yeah, basically. Um, I don't know, like what kind of, what made you want to do it? Like when I came to you, what, what made you decide that you wanted to actually do a podcast? I mean, I, I listen, listening to a lot of podcasts. It's like, yeah, I'd like to, like to try this out. It's just, just talking into a microphone really. <laughs> so can't be that yeah, hard, like, but it is yeah, <laughs> like, it is, it is way harder than it seems. Like, you know, you do think like, oh yeah, me and my buddies sit around and talk all the time. We could do a podcast and like, you could, but there's a lot of prep work and everything that goes into uh, 
into this. And mm-hmm. actually, that's, I guess that is a good transition to question number six. Um, can you describe your process for creating each episode? How do you decide what topics you will do? This comes from Alex via Instagram. Um, I know we talked a little bit before the show about this one. Uh, what, between five to eight hours, usually a week researching? Yeah, depending on the episode. Uh, five, five is probably a good total estimate. I, I don't I don't usually sit down for five hours straight and do it, but right. that's, that's probably that distributed through the week. Yeah, and it depends on the episode, um, you know, what we're doing. It's funny, every time we pick a topic, like, the episode kind of guides itself. You kind of find yourself veering off into certain areas where one episode may be more technical about this happened to the ship and that happened, where another one might be more personal stories about the captain and the crew. And the story kind of like leads you in that direction. I feel Mm -hmm. like, Um, yeah, like I I remember that from especially my, my first episode that I did for the show was the Mary Rose and having to put up like little stops on myself of like, Nope, can't, can't go there. Like don't, don't talk about the Italian wars. Like that's right. That's not what people want to hear. <laughs> um, right. And, and you yeah, having to sort of like funnel it into the episode. But then at the same time, each, each episode kind of develops differently. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them have more to say about the actual wrecking of the ship. Whereas like, uh, like say our, our most recent episode on the Bukova, there's, there's not a lot about the actual sinking. It's much more about the context mm-hmm. and, the lead up to it. And then primarily the aftermath in a lot of cases, you know, what happened because of this wreck. Right. Yeah. I find that really interesting. I think that's, that's what's so fun about doing this podcast is sometimes even a story, you know, like until you start digging in, you don't even know what direction the episode is going to take. And then as far as like, how do we decide what topic we're going to do? We kind of, we keep like a, a Google drive, uh, folder between the two of us we just kind of submit ideas and if we see an interesting story we'll put a note in there like add this name to the list and then also like listener submissions um you know if you guys suggest something we'll throw it in there and you know it may not be we might not do it quickly but we will get to it uh you know Mm -hmm. as we keep the list going and everything so we definitely we don't really have a rhyme or reason we try to switch it up we don't want to do you know four great lakes shipwrecks in a row uh or anything like that and we like trying to do it in different locations around the the world too, just to keep our, keep us fresh as we research. So we're not doing the same thing. Cause I mean, quite frankly, if you did nothing but great Lake shipwrecks, you're going to tell a lot of the same stories back to back to back. There's just a lot mm-hmm. of commonality in those stories. Yeah. So it's, um, it's fun to keep it fresh. Yeah. I mean, on the, on that note, I think it was a last week or the week before when I posted about the Q and a on Instagram and someone had commented about uh, some shipwrecks in Lake Huron mm-hmm. and yeah, definitely. Uh, we've done what th- I think three Great Lakes shipwrecks, and they've all been like Michigan. And you and I were discussing this, and you know, you mentioned how like just a lot of them happen to occur in Lake Michigan. Right. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, like we definitely want to branch out, and and when we come back to the Great Lakes, do some different stuff. I know there's plenty of wrecks in Lake Erie and Lake Huron, uh, Lake yeah, Ontario, um, and all, all of the other places. Of course, obviously Lake Superior, but. Um, yeah, we want to branch out, but then also we, I really like that we cover, we try to cover lots of different stuff because mm-hmm. both, both for me, or, you know, us doing the research and then also hoping that we can share a story that maybe either people don't know or don't know as much about as they want to. Right. That's why I liked, I liked doing the episode on the Bukoba 
last week because I had no idea that this was such an issue. Yeah, it just has a hole with the, the fairies and everything there. That was that was very interesting. And then stories like the Angamos, which I'd never heard of, and I never would have heard of because there's no sources in English. Yeah. That was that Yeah, was really like cool. things like that that's gonna be like tough. Um there's there's one that I'm I'm kind of in the process of, of researching right now, the Dalnevostok, the uh, Russian trawler that sank in I forget it was recent, I think it was like twenty fifteen. Um and so, yeah, it's, it's, like, hard to find a ton of English sources about it. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's part of the fun, I think, of creating each episode is each one has different challenges. Mm-hmm. And what you want to expand on for each, each rec and, and what kind of is, is more self-explanatory. Like, uh, just, just today, I, I, I re-listened to our Empress of Ireland episode. It was kind of cool to be able to talk about the people, some of the... the you know, the individuals aboard Mm -hmm. uh, who had some interesting stories. Yeah. And then, um, kind of following up with like the process we use. Um, I generally look for government reports if it's a newer shipwreck that we're talking about. So I'm looking for coast guard reports, NTSB reports, that kind of thing. Um, you could write, if you ran through all of those reports in their entirety, every episode could be a multiple part episode with every little detail in there. Um, I've gotten a lot better at reading those reports from the Alfaro one and moving forward. You definitely start to learn how to skim them and, and find what's important in there. It's a lot of technical writing. Um, so you do a lot of control find functions and things like that, looking for the parts that are pertinent to what we're doing. Uh, also, I think you can expand on this in a second, but like we use Wikipedia for its sources. So like, I don't, I don't want to write a podcast that's like word for word, you know, bullet points from Wikipedia. That's boring. You can read it yourself. But it's a great place to go to find sources and to further expand what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, on that note, I would just say what I tell my students uh, when we start doing research is like Wikipedia is a phenomenal place to start your research. Um, it's a great way to get a rundown of, of the topic. Uh, teachers are, I think, usually dismissive of Wikipedia because it's a, it's a bad source. And that's not necessarily accurate. The, the information is typically fine. It's just not really a source. It's a place to find sources. Um, and that's that's a good place to start. So, yeah, that's that's a lot of what we do is, you know, yeah, we'll read about a ship maybe first on Wikipedia and track down those sources from the article, um, which are either your primary or secondary source material for mm-hmm. it. So, yeah, I, I mean, for- that's that's kind of the process. And, and that does take quite a long time. It, 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 it does. It seems... Uh, it seems simple on the surface, but especially in a situation where either you don't have a lot of good, you know, maybe English language sources, or what's cited in the article maybe isn't very extensive and you have to do a little bit more digging. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's quite a process. I know um, for the Lady Elgin episode, Wikipedia was very helpful because it brought me to a lot of um, old newspaper articles that I would have struggled to find otherwise. Mm-hmm. So it was really nice to be able to pull up the Chicago Tribune article from, you know, such and such year, you know, right. talking about that. So, yeah, it's just a great way to have sources grouped to easily be found. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Question seven comes from Cameron on Instagram. You guys talk about the Great Lakes a lot. Is that because you are from the Great Lakes region? And I feel like we've kind of beaten around the bush a little bit. Like we've kind of talked about some of the places we've lived, but yeah, overall we've lived in like the Midwest and the upper Midwest quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, we've lived like uh, like in the suburbs of Chicago, Milwaukee. Uh, I've lived in Superior for a little while for college. Uh, so like I'm familiar with uh, a lot of those little towns, Hayward, uh, Spooner, uh, you know, all those little Ashland. Like that's a fun little like Great Lakes port city. Like it, it's like something from a movie almost. They still had or at least had when I was there, like the old iron ore dock and everything downtown. Uh-huh. You know, I love northern Wisconsin. Like it's really it's a really cool place. And like getting to experience what some of the small towns were like uh-huh. um, in college was really fun. So I would say overall, yeah, like that region has sort of captivated my attention quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I, right now I, I live in Appleton, Wisconsin, which is not too far from Green Bay. If that, I I feel like most people don't even know where Green Bay is. (laughs) Um, But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's not far from Green Bay. It's right on the North shore of Lake Winnebago, which is a pretty large lake. Uh, here in Wisconsin. So yeah, like this upper Midwest area is, has been a big part of my life. Uh, you know, I lived in Ohio relatively recently for graduate school, uh, but we've uh, we've been back here for several years now, and we, we love living in the upper Midwest. Um, yeah. And then actually, my, my wife's family is all from uh, from Detroit. So yeah, a lot of a lot of upper Midwest culture going on here. Yeah, for sure. I think it's just it's something for me that is just very identifiable. Uh, I've been around it a lot. I get it, and I think our show definitely skews that direction towards the like, Great Lakes stuff. But like we said previously, like, we're going to continue to expand out and do more and more, and kind of push ourselves to add more variety into everything. Yeah, and that's actually like the last question that I have on here for now. But I know, um, did you want to talk a little bit about some thoughts and kind of just like. Uh, the show and review and stuff like that. Yeah. I was just thinking, like I said, I was listening back through some old episodes and seeing how, seeing how, how, how we've done. Uh, and I, uh, it, the show has really evolved like quite a bit in its, in its brief lifespan in a little bit of time we've done it, especially because it, it started very much as something that you wanted to do. And I was kind of just there as, you know, someone to talk to about it mm-hmm. um like like you know like many podcasts uh, are structured that way and then i think you know it's changing more into where it's a little bit more balanced now where we we've kind of even started just to alternate uh week by week in terms of who's picking the topic who's doing the research and that's really cool because it it's it shares the the research burden but it also gives us some variety you know something uh-huh. that catches your attention might not catch my attention and vice versa it's it's a really fun extra thing to have during the week. Like it's something that is, you know, a little bit mentally taxing, but that's that's good. It's engaging, and it's it's a good extra way to spend time each week. Like they could be, the stories can be really sad to research, right? But there's also a feeling of positivity because I feel like we're doing something, you know, even very, very small amount of, of positive service here by telling some of these stories that, uh, you know, I certainly didn't know about and maybe our listeners don't know about. Um, you know, and we, we do cover the bigger ones, uh, like Empress of Ireland, the Carl D. Bradley. I know that's one that, you know, real, uh, real lakeheads know. But, uh, <laughs> but it's fun to present the stories and, you know, hopefully hit an audience 
that enjoys listening to them and gets gets something out of the episodes because that's that's what I like about it is is finding the stories and being able to share them. Yeah, that is fun, and I'm glad that we've kind of found this format of every other uh, week. You know, we we do it like you said; it, it shares that research burden a little bit between the two because it is it's a lot finding that five to eight hours a week to spend time researching it, and it's not generally the most happy topic to you know be can be hard reading a story about you know a thousand people drown like in the uh, Empress of Ireland. Like it's mm-hmm. it's not always cheerful to do that research, but it uh, you know it is enjoyable to share the stories. And I like that we each have our own approach. Um, I'm sure the listeners have kind of seen that, that my uh, my episodes are different than your episodes, and we kind of emphasize different things. But I think that's fun, and I think that it's fun that you pull from a lot of historical stuff, uh, you know, or more obscure stuff, and mine tend to be a little more technical and, and that kind of thing. But I think that's a good balance. And I think that we both bring different things when we're kind of the listener as well, questions that we're asking or reactions that we have. I think that's great. I think that's fun to keep it fresh on the show. Yeah, I'm waiting for independent fandoms to develop. Yeah, it's a it's a Tanner episode. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I don't know. I, I like where the podcast is at. I'm excited. I'm excited to see kind of the next uh, take it to the next level and continue to expand this thing out and and do more with it. Uh, I know we were talking before the show that we want to do more with the bonus episodes on Patreon. Um, try to get some more, you know, watch some movies, do some longer episodes for the bonus stuff. So if that's something you're interested in checking out, we will be putting more into that um, very soon. That's for the $5 Patreon tier. Um, but yeah, other than that, yeah, I'm excited. It's fun. It was fun to do this episode, talk about who's like talk about themselves for a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's this, this is good. And for bonus stuff, I... I'm really pushing the idea of us watching the movie The Perfect Storm as, as part of our bonus episode. It could just be me talking about George Clooney for 40 <laughs> minutes. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited to, to branch out and do more stuff with the bonus episodes on the Patreon. But also, yeah, it's, it's the, our, our, you know, our free episodes. Also, you know, we can always do more to branch out and, and make things a little bit different, a little bit more engaging. So... Yeah, always a good thing to think about. Yep, it is. And if you guys have made it to this point, I just want to say uh, thanks for listening. We definitely appreciate your support, and uh, we will continue to put out episodes. And I hope you guys have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks.